0: All right. Hey, I want to kind of sum up a couple things and and, kind of move this forward. So when we were talking about, just a minute ago, we were talking about Abad and Shamar. um, You kind of think about that and you think, wow, to really be engaged, to really be there, to really create an environment where things can grow where people can grow to really nurture and protect and guard and to be involved like looking at it from right now in our lives that seems like a lot of work and it seems like i don't know like how can we be engaged that much like how can we really do that kind of a thing and you realize that that comes as a result of the fall So whenever whenever you're looking at something like in our lives and something that God has created it's really good to use like three lenses. You use the lens of creation and you use the lens of the fall and you use the lens of redemption. And so we were looking at the job description from the point of view of creation. If you just skip ahead just a little bit into Genesis 3, and we're not going to unpack all of this. I could do like a a whole day uh, on on this in Genesis 3, But but when you look at verse 6 in Genesis 3, it says, When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. And, and, and when it says that her husband was with her, that Adam was there, the, the Hebrew word is ima, and it just simply means he was right next to her. He was right alongside. He was right there listening to the entire conversation with the evil one. He was not someplace else in the garden working, like completely uninvolved. He was right there. And so I heard one person say this, and I love it, that, that Adam's basic sin was a sin of Passivity that as she hears God being misquoted, as she like is interacting with him, he never steps up and does abad or shamar. He might have been checking Facebook. He was doing something else. But he was standing right there next to her the entire time. He wasn't involved. He wasn't engaged. He wasn't guarding or protecting or watching. He wasn't serving, working, cultivating. He wasn't involved with this thing. He wasn't, he wasn't a body. He wasn't getting his hands dirty. He wasn't entering into the discussion, into the argument at all. He wasn't being present. He wasn't being available. He wasn't being there. He wasn't Abad and he wasn't Shamar, he wasn't exercising care, he wasn't keeping, protecting, watching carefully, he wasn't attentive, guarding, nurturing, creating an environment for growth. And so like he just, he wasn't involved and you know the biggest struggle that men have is often this kind of going back and forth on the pendulum between being passive and feeling like we're privileged and we deserve it all. And I don't know if you've noticed this, but I've discovered this in myself when I come home and and things are like, you know, not the way I want them to be, that I either get really over-involved and start giving orders to everyone, or I just become disengaged and passive and who cares? I don't care. Why even care? Do you find yourself being there? That's kind of the basic sin that we've inherited from Adam. That's like the basic sin of men. We're either like, my way, it's my way or the highway, or I don't give a rip. But being actively really engaged and struggling through the relationships and having the difficult conversations and not blowing people off, but staying there and loving them even through the hardest of times. It's like that's the thing that we're invited into. And that's like really a lot more difficult than it sounds. And that's where kind of Adam failed and that's what we've been handed down. That's like we've inherited that. And I love the way Paul describes Christ as the second Adam and I love the way Christ redeems this whole thing and he deeply he's deeply involved like he didn't he, he does abad and shamar perfectly in the gospels and he gets involved to the point of death and he lays down his life for his bride us the church and it's why we're not hired but adopted to go back to that word earlier this morning it's like why we get to be involved in this thing the whole reason that we get to experience adoption into sonship, Romans chapter 8 is because Jesus got deeply involved deeply involved to the point of laying down his life and that's the invitation for you and I to be deeply involved not just looking for our privilege not just looking for how we get to be served but to actually lay down our lives for those around us. To go back to John 15. Greater love has no one than this. That he lays down his life for his friends. And so as men, like that's the invitation for us. And we see where we struggle on one side and on the other, but Jesus has invited us to walk right down the middle of this thing. Deeply engaged, deeply involved. So what does that bring up for you? Like what kinds of thoughts or, or comments, before we move into a ministry time, what kinds of thoughts or comments or kind of questions does that bring up for you? This is the interactive part. I'm out of the spotlight. I, I think of it is difficult because it's, in my mind, when I, even if I'm really trying to work at you know, serving and being more involved, and I, I feel like I do a good job at it, but I just feel like I really stink at it because I feel like I need to shut down. Yeah. Like, just mentally just stop for a little bit. Yeah. And when I feel like I do that, it's always because time of work takes up so much time in the day, so if my shutdown time's in the process,
1: process of being with family, I feel like I'm letting them down on that process, too. So then I think, well, then I'm not good enough, you know, whatever paths that can go down. Yeah,
0: we start hearing all the lies that you know that like you're a failure. You're not very good at this thing. Do you know, you know what I do when I hear those lies? Uh, the first thing I do is I agree with them. Like seriously, I do. I'm like you're right. Like in and of myself, I'm a failure. In and of myself, I'm not very good at this thing. I'm not very good at leading our church. I'm not very good at leading my family. Like I'm really not. And the enemy always comes to us in half truths. And so I agree with that half-truth. I think that's true. And of myself, Gatlin's kind of a screw-up. But thankfully, like my relationship with God and my ability to walk this out has never depended on me. It depends fully and completely on Jesus. And he's the one who's offered to live his life through me. And so my whole deal is to surrender and to allow him to come. And then, just even for me, that little bit of pullback right there when I hear that lie is like enough to like recharge me to engage again. And so when I hear that lie, it's like the first thing I do is like, I just agree with it. Like, yeah, absolutely. I screw up a lot. Like, if it depended on me, like everything I touch would just shut down, right? It hurts our pride to say that,
1: <laughs>
0: but it's kind of true. But you know what? This doesn't depend on me. God has placed, he's adopted me into his family. He's placed his Holy Spirit in me. And he wants to live his life through me. And I just need to submit and surrender and allow him to do that. And even when I feel like I need to shut down, if I will just learn how to ask questions to my kids and just say, well, tell me what you're feeling. You know, for those of you that are married, has your wife ever taught you yet that Every time that she shares a problem, she's not asking you to fix it. Oh my gosh, that's hard. And then there's times where she shares the problem, and she's expecting me to fix it, and I'm not jumping in quick enough. Like, how do you tell which is which? Well, you just ask the question. I just learn to ask questions. Is this a problem you want me to fix, or am I just supposed to be listening right now? And she'll shake her head and go, oh, Michael. And I go, I know, I know, I know, I'm an idiot. I go, but I'm the idiot you love, and so tell, just tell me what to do, and I'll do it. Right? And so, it's, it is hard. This is a hard thing. But the Holy Spirit is there to empower us every step of the way, if we'll just engage with Him and, and allow Him to do that. Thanks for being honest about that. Is it Charles? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for that, yeah. Yeah, it used to annoy me every morning I'd wake up and the dishwasher needed unloaded. And not every morning, but, you know, when you got, like, a bunch of kids and their friends sleeping over, and I'd wake up every morning and the dishwasher needed unloaded, and i like, I just want to make coffee and read. I'm an introvert, I just want to, like... But then I discovered that when I just did that as an act of service to my family and put everything where my wife said they needed to go,
1: <laughs>
0: not where I thought it should go right, that, uh, that, it's like that, that, that act of service, that act of worship, just like spawned all this other great stuff, like in our lives, and just a, just a simple thing, just a simple thing, yeah, so it's cool how, just serving, and that's worship, Abad, that's worship when we do that, that's like real, like a lifestyle of worship, loving and serving and being engaged, that's really good, what's your first name? Giles. Cool name. Or as
1: Canadians call me Gills.
0: Gills. Well, there you go.
1: <laughs> 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 exactly. <laughs>
0: Enough time right? didn't work hard enough to break out of that hole. Yeah. First John 1:9 If if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Why is it the faithful and just thing for God to do to forgive us and cleanse us? Why is that the faithful and just thing? Do you know why? because Jesus already paid the price. God's not gonna double charge you. It's like if I was in the drive up window before you at your favorite whatever, and I saw you in my rearview mirror, and I actually had an inspiring moment from the Holy Spirit, and I obeyed him, and how about if I paid your bill and my bill? Hey, what'd that guy behind me order? I wanna pay for that too, and then I took off. What's the faithful and just thing for the person in the window to, do, to charge you again? No. That's not the faithful and just thing. This is to give you your food for free. Jesus paid the price. And so if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just, and he will forgive us and cleanse us. And then when I saw that family, like puppies in a box looking at each other that I talked about on the first night, if you weren't here, just ask somebody who was. And um, when I saw that, I felt like the thing, as I began to experience God's love, I felt like the thing he told me to do, and now both of your boys live in town, Michael, start doing that with them. And immediately I felt like, oh, I don't know. It just seems so plastic. It seems so pretend. It seems so put on. I saw this other family do it. Now I'm going to do it. And the first time I saw one of them walk by my office to go into Brenda's office, I thought, uh, this is like, I've either got to do this or not. And as they were coming back out of Brenda's, that's when I flagged my son and said, come here, I want to hug you. And he's like, what, come here. You know, I gave him a big hug and and gave him a kiss on the side of the neck and looked him in the eye and said, I love you. And he's like, okay. (laughs) Right? And it felt kind of goofy. And I thought, oh, this is awesome. Like I, I experienced the presence of God in that moment. I'm not sure he did. He experienced a weird old dad. It's like, my dad has gotten senile, he's thinking. <laughs> right? He's been in this office way too long, reading too many of these theology books. He's like, he's like the yeah, light's yeah, yeah. yeah the lights are on, but nobody's home. And, uh, uh, but then after a month of doing that pretty consistently, he's swinging by my office, like all the time. And I'm like, what are you doing? He goes, oh, I had a lunch break, thought I'd come over. And he just stands there. Jump up, give them a hug, and do that. And it's like it's just it's a simple matter of I need to like confess, I need to repent and confess of the way I've been. When I see that come up in my life, like when I feel that tendency, now I quickly, I'm I'm much more quickly, not perfect, but I much more quickly can go. Okay, I'm not going on this side. I'm not going on this side. What does it look like in this situation, Holy Spirit, to be engaged and to create an environment for growth and to bless them? Like, what does it look like to do that? And now, three and a half years in, I more quickly go there. But all I could think of, you know, three and a half years ago was the regret. And think of, I could just, times would come back to my mind where I went one way or the other. And I just felt like the Lord said, yep, you did. And I I repent of that. I turn. I go a different direction. I confess it to him. And he cleanses that. And, And you know what? Our relationships are way different. And we joke about how dad used to be. Yeah. Already. fist bump. Boom. Mm. Way to go, that's awesome man, that's excellent, yeah. Lord, would you put that desire in every single one of us to do it down the generations, but then to also turn around and do it up the generations for those of us that have parents and grandparents around. Yes, sir. Can you speak on how to not allow yourself to feel burnt out from serving and nurturing? Um, that's your focus? Absolutely. So, for me, I experience God's, have you, did you, how many of you remember the old movie, Chariots of Fire? Uh, Olympic runner, Eric Little, I think was his name, wasn't it? And he talked about how when he ran, he felt God's pleasure. And his sister was trying to talk him into being a missionary, like why are you wasting your time running, and all this stuff. That comes from that old sacred, secular dichotomy thing, right? And um, I, I enjoy feeling God's pleasure like in every single part of life. You know, so I made, for years, I made my living uh, doing watercolor painting, you know, playing some music and doing graphic design. When I moved to Duluth, I felt like God said to me, Michael, I'm gonna change your medium, like your new medium is people, and I want you to paint a portrait of Jesus in Duluth. And so like immediately, I felt like he said, give up all the art. Like, pull all of your work out of galleries, don't sell anything anymore, don't go that direction. Put 110% effort, the way that you did it as an artist, put 110% effort into being a pastor. And after about 15 years, like, the, the church had grown significantly, things are going really well, uh, I took on this role with Multiply Vineyard, where now I have two full-time jobs and I'm traveling a ton, and I felt like God said, now start painting again. You know, like, like, where do I fit that in? Right, and so like I took an old, I took an old Bible that I no longer used that had a cool leather cover on it that I had made, and I pulled the old Bible out of there because I no longer used it and it was pretty trashed. I threw it away. I don't know if that's legal. It's <laughs> supposed to bury it or something. Yeah, I didn't want to burn it. That seemed wrong, and so I just threw it in the garbage. And uh, and I made myself a cool little leather sketchbook where I could change out the paper. Like I designed this sketchbook and made this thing with little, you know. Um, post bolt kind of things and a piece of myrtle wood across there and just the, just doing the craftsmanship of that something came alive in me and then I bring that with me almost everywhere I go and I do like little watercolor paintings here and there I do two or three a week and I feel God's pleasure from the way that he created me when I'm doing that stuff I feel God's pleasure as I'm wrenching on my motorcycle and taking it apart and putting it back together people said gosh you work on your bike a lot you must have a Harley <laughs> <laughs> I said, no, 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 it's, it's a Honda, and I just like doing that. Like, I like clean the threads of every bolt before I put them back in. I just like, it just makes me giggle, you know, and, and sitting out in the garage and doing that is fun. Like, I do leather work, I do watercolor. One, one person told me this recently, he said, as your level of responsibility and kind of the stress from work increases in your life, so does your need for play. So it is your need for actually having hobbies and doing fun things. And I find that those things for me are incredibly recharging, that I experience God's pleasure in some really cool ways. He's made us all so that we're so different. You know, like what works for one person to really connect with Jesus doesn't work for another person. And I connect with God very visually. And so praying with words, like I do, and and I press into that, but as I'm drawing something, as I'm drawing somebody's face, or as I'm drawing a landscape, like, I interact with God in ways that I never interact with God just using words alone. And so looking for ways to, to like really enjoy like all of life as we're serving. And then along the way, after about three years of painting, this year, around Christmas time, I felt like God began to speak to me about selling some of these and giving them away because I had basically used up a lot of my art supplies that I had accumulated, you know, that were sitting around for 15 years, and I used them up producing stuff, and I needed to buy more art supplies, but I didn't really have a budget for that at home, and so, like, we did a little art fair at church, and I hadn't sold my stuff for years, and, like, I just did some goofy stuff, like, I grabbed some rocks from Lake Superior, and wrapped some copper wire around it, made some little loops at the top, and stuck watercolor paintings in there, and told people they could, like, buy them for 15 bucks or 30 bucks, and, like, they just flew off the table. Well, that was fun, and I ended up with enough money to, like, buy some more paper and keep doing this stuff, and just as a fun little hobby. And I think God has put stuff in every single one of us that we just enjoy doing. And maybe nobody else will enjoy it. Maybe nobody cares. For some of you, you might really like gardening. I hate gardening. Like, I hate it. It's like, yeah, it's like, what's with the weeds? LAUGHTER and nothing ever grows the way I want it to grow. And then I'm just dirty at the end of the day. I'd rather be greasy. Like, I'll pick grease over dirt any day. And like, you know, or it's like, some of you really like woodworking. And just the act of messing with the wood grain and getting it sanded down and getting it, it's just like fun for you. It's like, just, I'd just give yourself to some of that stuff and really in, enjoy that. And you'll find that in doing that, your battery gets recharged and in making something for somebody else, like you're really serving them as well. Does that answer your question, JT? Yeah. And so just being involved and engaged in that stuff is just a blast. And so, yeah, finding things that you enjoy. For, for years, for quite a few years ago, I felt like God spoke to me about taking, uh, taking vacations well. And so what I started doing was uh, at our church was I started taking a whole month off, four weeks in a row every year. But I realized that the first week was kind of hell for my family because I got home and I would just start telling my family what to do the way you know, I was doing at work and that wasn't healthy for any of us. And I realized I needed about three days alone before my family really enjoyed my presence. And so I'd take off on the motorcycle with my hammock, I'd ride up you know, a day's ride north up near Canada and uh, hang up my hammock and have a bottle of wine and some bread and a good couple books that were uh, fiction to read. And I'd sleep and read and have a glass of wine and make some coffee and sleep and read and sleep and read. And three days later, I'd come back and like, I was a really pleasant human being again. (laughs) And then I had like the next 27 days just to hang out with my family and love on them and enjoy them. And so figuring out what your rhythms are and how you work is incredibly helpful. So it's good stuff. What else? Other thoughts, questions, comments? (laughs) Amen. Yeah, that's good. It's not really helpful to do that to first-time visitors. But, but if you know somebody, it's kind of a good thing to do. Yeah, kiss them on the neck, look him deep in the eye, I love you. What was your name again? Yeah. All right. Who wants some prayer that we can actually live this thing out? Stand up if you want prayer. Spirit we invite your presence right now we invite you there's no way that we can live this thing out unless you come and you move there's no way that we can effectively abide that we can effectively serve be engaged be there for one another serve love each other there's no way we can effectively shemar. Cultivate an environment for growth, for ourselves and for really everybody in our, in, in our network of relationships. There's no way we can do that without you. And Jesus, thank you that you actually did this brilliantly. you offered to be with us until this thing is completely done and so we just say Lord Lord we come we come before you and Father we confess that we have gone between the privilege and the passivity our whole lives that we've often vacillated between those two Weird extremes. As God brings situations to mind where you have done that, just confess it to him. Say, you're right, Lord. That's what I've done. You're right. We just confess that to you. For me, he'll often bring up situation after situation after situation, and I'll see myself in that situation I can feel like the anger coming out of my mouth. Like in my whole body. I can feel myself totally shutting down. Like why even try? Why care? And I just confess it to him and say, that's right. I don't want to live there anymore. I don't want to be that man anymore. And thank you for your faithfulness. And the justice that you have to forgive us and to cleanse us. So Lord, as we confess that, would you just cleanse us and forgive us? Would you allow us to experience that by your Holy Spirit right now? We don't want to live in that place. Lord Jesus, thank you that you're not only our example, you're not only our mentor in this, but that we can directly access the power and the presence of you, the resurrected Christ, in any moment, at any time. And so would you fill us with your spirit again, afresh, to actually be the guys that you called us and created us to be, to live this out. For every one of us, it looks a little different to recharge. It looks a little different to engage. And Lord, I ask that every step of the way, from this point forward, would you help us to be sensitive to your spirit when you're calling us just to to engage, just to look somebody in the eye and ask another question, just to be there, to hang out just a little longer. Would we be sensitive to you? I think of it like a seismographic needle, you know, old school seismographic needle telling when an earthquake is coming they could see the needle begin to shake long before you could feel the tremor of the earth Lord would you make us like that kind of sensitive that we would sense you saying now ask this question engage here don't fix the problem just listen or fix the problem would you make us really sensitive to that Would you make us sensitive to one another's faces that we could see what's going on long before words have been spoken? Would you make us sensitive before we even see the face? Holy Spirit, would you release prophetic insight for every single one of us that we would know what's going on at home even before we get there? that we would be able to sense at least a portion of what's going on in the meeting before it even begins. Would you make us really good at preemptively Abad and Shamar? For those of us that oversee others in a work environment, would you show us how to balance like being a boss and needing productivity with the importance of relationship, the importance of nurture. Show us how to balance those things in any environment we're in. For those of us that travel a lot, Lord, would you show us how to invest in the relationship And not just come home and give orders. And yet still get the things done that need to get done. Would you help us to appreciate the tension in all of that? There's deep tension there. Rather than trying to resolve it, Lord, would you show us how to enjoy the tension, to live in it, to grab both sides. I'm going to be fully committed to getting things done and I'm going to be fully committed to the relationship. Show us how to leave love and lead. Show us how to lead with greater love than fear. As the Jesuits used to say. in Jesus name I bless you I bless you as men whom your heavenly father deeply loves deeply deeply loves he's invited to participate in his kingdom for every single one of us in the room in Jesus name I bless you to be fully and completely who God made you to be in all the creativity and the weirdness, (laughs) in all the joy and the idiosyncrasies and all the various giftings that we have. Let us bless you.
2: Have, uh, extra pants in the back. <laughs> so, uh, don't you love those noises? They just seem so. <laughs> <clears throat> but, uh, you know, I was just thinking what Mark said earlier, uh, you know, the title of this conference is The Battlefield. In the sense, I, I, even as I look at this room, I sense we're all gonna head out the doors Maybe he has to rush off to work. You're going back to family. You're going back to, you know, just all the stuff of life. And it's like we're, we're walking right back onto the battlefield. And I, I just, uh, it's so true what he said that for us to and keep engaged, I mean, all that we've learned this weekend, um, just as I remember, CDs will be available uh, next weekend, but um, how much we need each other. And just to encourage each other. And I just want to challenge you as men, whatever service you attend, if you see a guy, you know, some of you have connected for maybe the first time, but you've connected at this conference, make it a point to ask him, how's it going on the battlefield? How you doing? Because there's a knowing now. We've all experienced this together. And so we, you know what I mean? We we're speaking there's a common language that we can we can speak and encourage in each other. And uh uh I just don't think we'll make it if we, if we don't do this together. And, you know, I don't know if you've, uh, I'm a, I'm a, I don't know many guys are only a fan of Band of Brothers, right? There's just something about that, that we're on this battlefield together. So I, I mean, I know when I see you, that, that'll be my challenge or my question is, you know, how how's it going? And uh, again, if you aren't in a men's group, we'd love to get you connected or in a small group, whatever works best for you. But, um, <clears throat> but we're going to end it off here. Uh, thanks again, Michael. Uh, you have really blessed us, and, and uh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, isn't it true, I, again, I, it's, uh, just how I experience you is encouraged and challenged. There's just something that you just so uniquely uh, flow in, so I thanks so much for just coming and being you. And Clint, I don't know where Clint is, there he is, thank you Clint, bless you bud. And uh, you can clap. I saw Steve, or I don't know if you're. But let me just pray for us, and then again, uh, we need help with the chairs on the sides. And if you've, uh, there's dots on the floor to follow, but we'll, if guys that have done it before, maybe if you could spread yourself to make sure it gets done correctly. Otherwise, I get in big trouble. And, and uh, from Danny, I don't know if he's still there. He is. I heard that chuckle. So let me just pray for us, and, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up here. So, Lord. Uh, how cool! I just think about the start of this event. That the, the the sense was, you know, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. That I just, that long ago, you knew we'd be here. Long ago, you knew we'd invite Michael. Long ago, you knew, like you just knew it all. Lord, I just thank you for the the encouragement and the just the. Just the fatherly care that, uh, that comes through in that truth. That you've always known us. You've always watched over us. And you always will, Lord. You'll always be with us. You'll never leave us. And I just bless us as men uh, <clears throat> just to walk in the truth that my father knows me and loves me. And I pray that you would uh, just grow in our lives our relationship with you. I just think of so many times at this conference I've heard Michael say, well, the Lord said to me and then he said to me and, and I know that that's stirred in many men's hearts. Like, really? Could I really have that kind of relationship with you, God? Where you're talking to me and we're working through things together and I just say, yes. That's what we've been invited into. and So I just pray that over us as men. Lord, whatever we're going back to today, <clears throat> families, work, just all the stuff of life, uh, let us go back as your sons, just loved by you, Lord. So we thank you. We thank you for your faithfulness to come close. We bless all the seeds that have been planted, all the plants that have been watered. Lord, we, we thank you for all the weeds that have been pulled out. And we just, uh, we just again, commit ourselves to you. Uh, to uh, just to follow you thanks for this time in Jesus name amen